just be called Gadget Planet. So how you doing, mate? How's your day been? Listen, it's just one of these things, you know, it's just technology for you, isn't it? It's just modern technology, you know, but hey, well, we're here now, so... We're here now, mate. <laughs> right, Bobby, I've been trying to get you on, on the, the podcast for a wee while now, and I've been, I've been talking to you about it, and I said to you at the very start, before it, before it even became a thing, I said to you, I'm going to do a podcast, uh, I don't know if it was Green Sunrise then, and I just said, would you be interested in coming on? And straight away... Straight away, you were like that. Aye. Sign me up. So, mm-hmm. thank you very much for this, mate. I do appreciate your time. Because uh, we have had a few conversations. So, nah, I'm so I'm so pleased. Stubborn at that, because, uh, aye, it's going to be good. It's going to be I'm looking forward to this one. So, thank you again. But what I would say, Bobby, <laughs> me and Bobby's got a past that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. We were very connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And it wasn't because I'm an actor, even though I do act it. Bobby Robertson was also in Royal Mail at the same time as me, so you were a postman for about 26 years, Bobby. 26 years, I think, from 1991 to 2017. That's right, and I, I left, I think I left 2018, or two, it might have been 2017 at the same time, so I think I left at the same time. Somebody would probably say to me, no, you left before that, I left that, but I was in Royal Mail for 22 years, and I started in 96. So uh, it was rough, but we were in the same, in the same, we were, Lifting the same bags at the same time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're, from, you're from obviously the Edinburgh part. Uh, so you still are, obviously. Uh, did you ever deliver in Glasgow? Did you ever come out? No. <clears throat> I remember years ago, uh, like one of the, it was just one of these mad moments when, was it when the post office had like a strike? Aye. And. Uh, had buses going through, well, wasn't exactly Glasgow, it was Hamilton. And um, we were part of like a, a big picket line there and it was just like, you know, it was, it was just this picket line was just fully, not, not like Edinburgh posties Aye. in Glasgow, like Hamilton, you know, and just, uh, it was like something out of Panorama, you know, it was just like, Everyone shouting, uh, we hate scabs, you know, scab bastards and all, you know. Aye. And, uh, you know, but, uh, it was, I mean, that, that was to protest about the post office, obviously, going into to being privatised, which eventually Aye. became. You know, but uh, it was just, uh, <laughs> but there's one of the guys there, Gary Kinghorn, I was his postman for many years, you know. Gary, how you <laughs> and uh, you know, so but I mean, those were just one of these mad things, just uh, going to like to Glasgow for to protest, Aye. as you did, especially when you were in the the like the CWU. Aye. And uh, so yeah, just good times, you know. It's just like uh, you know, just talking about like obviously that was one of the only times we went to Glasgow. But uh, so tell me, that's probably mainly Edinburgh. Well, be telling us before we go any further, and it's a, it's a, it's a serious question because I've, I, I was going to say I've still got mates that posties, but I probably don't have right. Mm-hmm. But I was like, did you scab it? Did you do it? No. Did you scab it? Never. Good on you. No. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Never scab it. Never jumped over a picket fence. Never jumped over a fence or nothing. I was always there on the line. I did. Albeit most of the time in the pub with my with other postman. I you know, but. Oh, that was like that. It was crazy. It was like crazy because I remember one time we were on strike and we were based in the GPO, you know, at Waterloo Place. 
Ja ne bi ga imao, opet ništa gdje posto, pa spomenu. And, you know, being so young, and, I mean, I must have been about, I don't know, maybe 20, 19 or 20, and there was this old pub that used to be open called The Penny Black, and when you went in The Penny Black, a lot of the, a lot of the old postmen would go in The Penny Black, say, about five in the morning, right. and they were starting to happen at five. You get some postmen, as, you, as you're aware, like, the post office, it was like one of these jobs which had a big drinking oh, culture. Massive. I was part of that. And, <laughs> and what happened was uh, this particular pub, which was just across, across over from, uh, it's right behind where the Apple shop is in Edinburgh now. Aye. If you've been to Edinburgh. Which is just across the, from the Waverley Station Aye, steps, you know, the Apple shop. Yeah. Well, the pub was actually right behind there, next to the Guildford Arms. And... Uh, a lot of the postmen would go over there. You'd go up the stairs to it. It was like, you had to go up the stairs to it. And they'd have about three or four pints before starting their work at half past six right? in the morning. And this was a lot of postmen. This was like a lot of postage, you know. So what happened was... Uh... <laughs> would that be the 90s then? Would that be the 90s? Mid-90s? Mid about early to mid-90s. Aye. Early to mid-90s. Um, what would happen was uh, like we were on strike this particular time and we were based at Waterloo Place and had like a picket line at the entrance just before you there's an entrance, see when you're in North Bridge like in the GPO there's an actual entrance here where we used to go into Aye. which was just before you were about to cross the North Bridge well that's that's completely closed now that's, that's, I'm not, I, don't, I don't even think that's a fire exit now it's completely closed and what happened was uh, there was a, a picket line there. So the union guy would say, right, okay, guys, who's uh, who's going to stay in the picket line for an hour or so, and then the rest of these can go to the pub. And they'd just openly say, go to the pub. No so, way, man. So we went to the pub, you know, being a young postman. So there was about maybe five or six of us. And I didn't know what pub they were going to go to, but, but it was one of the older postmen who was in my office. And Jimmy Gardner, I think, Jim, big Jimmy, he, he took us to the the Penny Black. Right. So he was like the, the he was like the, the union rep. So he says, right, okay, we'll stay in here for a couple of beers and stuff and then we'll just see what happens. So goes up. So it was mental because I remember I was, I must have been on my second or third pint and you're looking at the telly, and Richard and Judy are on the telly <laughs> in the morning programme, and you're like, this is meant, am I? You know, it's like I was... Yeah, you know, you're right, you're on Because you're used to, you were used to them being on in the telly in the morning. Aye. And then you're drinking your food, and then you're looking at the telly, and it's like, good morning, Brit. Well, no good morning, it was like, yeah, it was like good aye, morning, Britain type thing. Be, and you're like, <laughs> you're like... I still, but that was crazy. That was mental. One of the mentalist things on that particular day was uh, no, it wasn't that day. It was the next day because we were on strike for a good three days. There was a big meeting, and I'll never forget. I think it was on a Thursday. It was on a Thursday. I'll never forget that. And once I got home. 
that day, you know, it was like I was half cut. We just got, we just got told to just go home, mostly, you know. Aye. And you had your die hard on the picket line, so there was a lot of us anyway. So we just went. Well, me and some of the younger guys just went home. So it was the next day. What we did was, uh, I'm walking out of my house and I'm walking up McDonald's well, up the road, and I'm thinking, please, just you know, I didn't want to lose money. I'm just to work today, you know, I, I, no matter what. You know? So I'm walking towards the gate, and honestly, there's even more people in the picket picket line. And I'm like, <laughs> so. So what we did was, uh, what we did was, this is right, okay. Uh, Somebody can go into. The, there was a post office club, which is not that far away. Going to the post office club, the lady, her name is Lindsay. She's going to supply us oh, all it's, with it's, soup, it's a big onion, a big onion soup. And this was at this was at about say, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning, right? So bed early because she's thinking of the money as well because it's her club you know aye, so, aye. Uh, we go down to the, the post office club and then we're drinking our soup and stuff all the other postmen are there and you know some were drinking lager and stuff in there but you know we weren't really up for it so I was drinking Coca-Colas and stuff I'm, I'm wondering what's happening I'm thinking how long are we going to do this you know so one of the guys says, right, listen, we could be like this for hours and hours. I suggest we all just go down to the, the Red Lion, which was an old pub off Leaf Walk. So we went down to the, right. the Red Lion. So, and there's maybe five or six of us in the Red Lion pub. There must have been about... It's breaking up. Is your end breaking up? Alright. It's breaking up. You still hear me? Still hear me? It's breaking up. I don't know if it's from my end. I don't know if it's the. I don't know if it's the signal. It's all actually fine. It might be me. It might actually be me. Then it's just maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> My wife is usually no bad, but this is the fucking this is the first live I've done. To, uh, well, we bringing somebody on it, so it might be just maybe just something like that. Maybe this theater's not quick enough, right? So you, you would did you get was that was that happen a few times before you went and done your shift? Did, did you yeah, were you able yeah, to do a shift? Any bother? Well, 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 not up until that moment. But we're all there's about sixty of us in the pub, right? So. We're all drinking pints, you know, what the guys were drinking whiskey. I'm just a young lad, I'm about 20 or something, you know, 20, 21. So I'm sitting there and I'm just, just taking a is this really happening? You know, it's like, we're sitting there, we're drinking pints and they're like, postmen are going off. It's like it's like a postman's night out. I kid you not. Know, post bags with them. Oh. You know, so, um, so, None of us had any clarity of what was happening. So we must have been in that pub for about maybe three hours. So I had about... Aye. I don't know. Four, about five pints in that pub. So I thought, right, OK. Because I was... I never used to guzzle my pint. I used to just sip it. 
and and just being a young lad as I did back then. So, aye. Next minute, uh, the the door of the pub actually burst open, and we we're like, "What's this?" And we just saw seen all these flashing. You know, it was like flashing lights. And I saw, I noticed all that the postman are doing that with the newspaper. And what it was, it was the Edinburgh Evening News, and I think it was the Sun newspaper taking pictures of all the postmen in the pub, right? So on that night, and the headline in the paper was, this is what happens when postmen go on strike. And it's just <laughs> pictures of postmen just like that. Some of them are going like that. There's other postmen that had newspapers holding their faces so their wives didn't see that. You know? But, uh, and then, and then, once it was mental, it was crazy, absolutely mental. So once the newspapers had left, the, the union rep, he came in about 10 minutes later and he was none the wiser. He was like the other union guy, he was one of the top guys. And he's, we told him, he was like, ah, oh, don't you worry about it, Ken. But it's obviously some of the other postmen were worried because obviously they gave their wives their money and stuff like that. So, uh, ah, of course, I didn't so, so what he said was, so what the union rep says to me was, right, okay, she's right, what's going to happen is in the assembly rooms in Josh, she's it's going to be the big, it's going to be a big, big meeting, you know? And he says, what's happening is you'll get to Ken what's happening on the meeting and, you know, we'll just to see where we go from there and when these guys will get back to work and so forth and what the, what the new terms will be and stuff like that. So, uh, so we gets to before we go before we actually gets to the meeting, we went to another pub. It was called the Bull Brummel. That was in Hanover Street. So we had another couple of beers in there, and I'm actually at the point where I'm just like getting quite drunk, feeling quite drunk. So I thought, okay. Like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get a couple of juices in me, a couple of Coca-Colas or a coffee and stuff, just to sober myself up for this meeting. And so, <laughs> all the guys, all the guys were the guys were as well. You know, their faces were gleaming just because they were with the, you know, just with the baby. And so, gets to the meeting. I kid you not, you've never saw anything like this. It was like something that like I'm wanting Python from. You get sang, right? You've got this big it's like the assembly rooms, it's like an old it's it's a it's used as a concert venue, it's used as a venue for people you know, for comedians and stuff. Right, it's like a concert venue thing. Uh-huh. So what it is is like you've got the auditorium, you've got like the the people and the seats and stuff, you know. There's places filled with postmen. I kid you not, there must have been over a hundred people in there anyway. 100 postmen. So you had uh, the top union guy of Scotland coming in. His name was John Keggy. You remember John Keggy? I do. I do remember John Keggy. John Keggy. So he came in and had a, he spoke to like all the postmen. So <laughs> as he spoke, right, I mean, a lot of the postmen were being like, like singing and stuff. Aye. So as he's talking, the place gets quiet. But then you're hearing noises emanating around the room, wee noises. 
and then you're hearing like we snoring noises and stuff. <laughs> and you're seeing some postman. Guy, guys farting on that. Guys pimping. Farting. <laughs> snoring, farting, you name it, you hear it. <laughs> as long as I'm so, the right there. I kid you know it. Right, but then, aye, it's like you hear like, but the snoring was really bad because oh. some of the postmen oh. fell asleep. Oh, no. They had too much to drink. Right? And so uh, then what had happened was after that, right, cut a long story short, after we had this meeting, we all just stayed out. We all had our postal Aye. uniforms on, bags. We still, I mean, we still had Aye. our bags and stuff. I remember doing that, no. And, and it must have been about, I don't know, about seven, half past seven, there was a uh, a couple of pubs. And we ended up in the nightclub, which there used to be a nightclub at, at the next to Waverley Station. It was called, at one time it was called Buster Brown. All right. But it was called Mercado after it. So it was called, I think it was called Mercado at the time when, when I was right. there. So we all ended up in there. And we were, honestly, how we got in, it was honest. I don't know if it was like student night or something, but we managed to get in anyway. And I think uh, the, the pub owners knew they were going to get oh, lots I, of money from You go in this club, you go in this club, right? And it's it's just a nightclub. The guys walking about, it's, it's almost like a, a huge stag night of men Aye. dressed as postmen. But there's some women dressed as postmen there as well. But it was like drunk, drunk posties on the dance floor, bags heaped up on the side of the dance floor. Right? <laughs> You've never seen anything like this in your life. And, and uh, honestly, I think that must have been the first time I was really, really, really drunk. <laughs> it was crazy, you know, it was absolutely mental. But, uh, hi. So, you know, that was just like a really, really crazy moment in the Royal Mail for me. Right, so tell me, that's Bobby. Uh, yes. See when, see when all that happened, see when you were in. Royal Mail that time. Did you always want to be an actor? This is one of my questions. Were you always going to be an actor back then? Yeah, well, well, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to go into acting was the fact that, well, when I was a really, really, really young kid, when I was when I was at Aye. school, you know, I, never, I didn't have a lot of confidence. And one of the reasons I wanted to get into it was just to build my confidence, Aye. you know, and... Uh, and then what happened was I just, you know, did a couple of classes here and there did the Edinburgh acting school and then I went to try on my hand at the college thing and I was only there for a couple of months but I couldn't do it because Aye. obviously cash constraints and stuff like that but then Aye, of course. Uh, I just wanted to, I just loved doing it uh, when I was younger, when I was a young guy like when I was a young man I always enjoyed impersonating people but uh, right. I can't impersonate people anymore. I remember when I was a right. lad I used to try and impersonate Prince Charles and Margaret Fat. I used to try and impersonate them or did impersonate uh, right. teachers at my school but, uh, right. you know what I did was I just developed okay. just this love of acting and just went to you know just doing like uh, stage uh, performance right. shows at school and stuff met some nice people and to eventually re like jointly forming 
theatre company when I was quite young as well. So, you know what, we've had some pretty good times. You know, like, say, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've always, it's funny because when I was really young, I used to, I mean, I used to love film. I've always loved film, you know, I've always loved, like, watching Harrison Ford. I used to love watching Sean Connery. You know, when I was V, I always wanted to be either Han Solo or Indiana Jones. I was V, you know. I was, going to, I was just about to ask you, Han Solo, Han Solo? Uh, I don't know, actually. I love them, but uh, it would maybe be, maybe be Han Solo because I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Aye. But, uh, yeah, but as I was saying... Uh, you know, this is going to sound really funny. I've always wanted to do acting when I was at school. But right. one of the reasons I got into it was maybe because of the confidence thing, because I wasn't really confident. Aye, aye. And then I kind of just got into it. And then before you know it, I'm doing acting. So, you know, it just, I don't know, it just fell in place for me, I suppose, eh? So... You know, so you took you took the you took the chance and you just went for it. You just changed your mind and just thought I'm just going to go for this, and it happened. Aye, of course, good. Of course, well, I mean, as I said, I mean, when I went to places like Edinburgh Acting School, and obviously, I did want to build my confidence up and stuff like that, which was one of the main reasons I'd done it. Then you know, I was just meeting people who were doing doing different theatre shows, different whether it was musical or whether it was thriller or like so being in a horror play or something, you know. And when I saw them doing it, I was thinking, you know what, I'd like to try that, you know. I'd love to just give it a wee try. And that's just what happened, you know. And I did. I just, uh, just fell in it. You know, so it's just good. So, so let's, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about uh, your latest one, right? Uh, well, I don't know, well, not your latest one, we'll talk about that in a minute, but the, the reason about me and you met was because you were talking about, uh, you were thinking about uh, getting funding for, your fundraising for uh, Wild is Enough. Is yeah. that right? That's yeah. how we mean you, because I see you were doing that, and that's how I connected with well, you, and it was through that. How did that go? Mm-hmm. Well, really well. Uh, the filming was in uh, up at, what do you call it? Wayne Fife. It's kind of... everything, the army we had, uh, had a good laugh, you know, like the actors that were chosen for to be in it, it was really good, really, really good, and it was just, you know, just it was really fun to do, and, you know, obviously, we should have had it shown by now, but we will, we'll eventually get it shown, there's still just a few wee things with edit, you know, just with the, kind of just, 
the fight and edit scene and stuff. But once Aye. once we get that done, we'll, we'll uh, share it and hopefully we'll put the festivals and stuff. So the other one is the big yeah. one for me was uh, the, the droving. But I like I like that. Droving was nice. It was a good film. It was very dark. It was very dark yeah, well, the Jovan was just such a fantastic uh, project to be a part of, you know, and especially grateful the likes of, uh, you know, the likes of George Popov wanted me to be in his film firm with the likes of uh, with Jonathan Russell, who was also a right, who also wrote the film, and you know, they just came and asked me to, and I thought to myself, okay, uh, these are I don't know. Well, these young guys, they probably, I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, they're going to be like, are they like students or what is it going to be like a student film? But when they said it was a feature film and they said that they did another film before it called X, which, they said, look at X, it's a, see, you can see the trailer on YouTube. So I've taken a look at the trailer of X on YouTube and I was blown I was totally blown away with that. I thought, that looks amazing. And Aye. I thought, right, definitely, I want to work with these guys. And, you know, and then once I met them, well, obviously spoke online and stuff like that, and once I met them, you know, they just got on so well. And, you know, very, very talented young, young people who Rubicon films have got, you'll be hearing a lot more from them. You will. Uh, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Working with them was brilliant. Uh, George Popov was a fantastic director, and you know and the cast as well. Were just you know so uh, you know everyone involved in that film. You know there was no egos. Uh, everyone had a good. Everyone got in so all, well. All good, all good people. Know, and, oh, all great people. Lovely people. Uh, and Aye. especially Jonathan's parents who stayed at their house and uh, I met Jonathan's wife and, and honestly such a lovely family lovely everyone involved in that project is amazing lovely people honestly and if anyone's going to work with them they're, you know work with them you know just, they're fantastic very very talented Really ah, good. Good. So, what else? Because uh, obviously we're speaking about. So, what else have you done? Because obviously I'm, I'm just looking into your stuff as well. But because we're talking about the stuff that you're, you're recently or you're in, involved with just now, we're going to talk about that. But what else from your past? Who would you say stuck out? Who was your first? Who was your first ever film? Have you done? <laughs> My first ever film. I mean, I'll tell you. I still remember, I still remember oh. the first of our film. And it was a short film, and it was short called film. If At First. It was called If At right. First. And I tell you, it was made in 1996, right? And that was when I joined Royal Mall. Alright, yeah, I was still with them at the time. And, ah, yes, uh, that's when I joined. I was... Uh, and... <laughs> and we filmed it in a nightclub in Rose Street in Edinburgh called Mr. Cruz, which is not really there. 
can't, I can't remember what it's called now, but we were filming in there. And the guy who directed that, his name was uh, Wal- uh, Wally Salam. Salam. And he recent, uh, recently won an award at the Cannes Film Festival for one of his recent uh, films. So, I you know, think- this was back then. Yeah, so he's, he's like a very talented director as well. So, you know, it's it's amazing who you meet. It's amazing who you meet when you're, especially at that, that time. To me, when he asked me to be in that film, I thought, oh, great. And even though it was just a tiny little part I had, but still, it was good to uh, see it and you know, pull up pictures from it, you know. Aye. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Uh, but uh, it's, 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 it's fun like, doing. I always thought we'd try to do it, man. I always thought we'd do it. And I don't know. I think I went to my, my mate, well, a guy I know called Marcus Ferris Mitchell. He was uh, he was a writer and he'd done The River City. I had spoken about that. And he invited me to go to Stage to Page. Stage to Page was in uh, the centre of contemporary arts in Glasgow. And it used to be brilliant, man. I used to love it. was just free, free stories. And you would go in and you would go like that, right? You would look at the, the stories, you would look at the actors, and you could say, that I want to act in it, and you put your name in a hat. I never ever done it, I never had the balls to do it, I just thought, I'll just watch it. But it was amazing, because you would walk in, and just see them script and all that, and then you would get a performance. It was all a 10-minute performance, and then you would talk about it for an hour, it was brilliant. Oh, I loved it, I loved the acting part of it. Just watching people doing it, it's brilliant. The, but it'd be good to do it myself, thank you. But you see, when you do, when you, when you, when you act, it's... To me, it's just, uh, it just feels, it's, I just, you know, you, you know what you, you love about it, you know, you can feel the passion running through you when you're doing it. It's like, I mean, if you ask me to get up and sing, honestly, I, I couldn't sing for a toffee. I, honestly, I, I've got the, I'm the worst singer you'll ever, ever meet. But it's like, I love, one of the things I love is theatre, and I love getting up on a stage and being in a play. There's nothing quite uh, the feeling when you're actually up on the stage and doing like a theatre show, it's just amazing. Honestly, Paul, it's amazing. Ah, brilliant. So, <clears throat> tell me, what's, uh, what are you working on just now then? I know, and cause we're, I'm going to talk, touch on the book as well. You've got a book as well coming out, haven't you? What are you working on? Mm-hmm. I'm working on my book just now, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've done quite a lot on it, but I'm not going to make Aye. it like love and war, you know. I know thick thing but it's uh, in the end it's going to be really 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 epic it's, it's based on a lot of experiences we've had growing up and stuff like that but I mean there's all the other things experience and a lot of the experiences which are going to be in it are obviously from the post office uh, although the character's not me it's you know the character's going to be sharing some experiences with that the start point of the book is 1974. Sorry, 1979, 1979, right? Right. But the... 1979. The year I was born? 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 So, you oh, know, a lot right, of things okay. are going to be happening in the book. But uh, I'm going to make this kind of something 
Oh yeah, I mean I'm going to be including a lot of things and especially a lot of recent things, but obviously not too much on uh, COVID, but I'll add that in as well. But uh, it's going to be, you know, I'm just kind of going to be putting stories in it. I've, I've got stories in my head which an actual book, which how can I put it? Which I kind of envisage in years' time, type thing. Oh, and, Aye. That's going to get ah, right. yeah. so, yeah. so I'm going to do things which aren't happening now, which I think will happen. And that's going to be put in the book. There's going to be a point to the whole story. It's going to be like a story. There's going to be stories based on one story. Uh, it's going to be based on, I believe, that we have like a guardian angel. Aye. I believe that I believe there's people that look out for us. Yep. You know, and that's one of the things I'm putting in. There's, it's, it's like to me, it's like there's a point to being alive. Type. Oh. Honestly, you're talking for the heart, mate. I think that that is well worth. I talk to people about that, and, and I believe I believe I've been guided as well. I believe that there's there's spirits amongst us, uh, and I think it's uh, quite yeah. mad when you talk about it, but uh, yeah. I mean, I remember. I remember. There's a a big building which has been oh, it's been there for years now. It's you know the the Omni Centre in Edinburgh. You know the big. It's like a big. It's next to the Playhouse. It's probably there's a couple of pubs there. You've got a couple of other spooky Aye. stuff, and you've got the you know just along from there. You've got the Bailey Gifford building right opposite where the John Lewis right. building is. And I used to I delivered there one time. And I was walking up Greenside, where that particular building mm. was, and there was a big, like, building site, obviously, building the Bailey Gifford building. So I'm walking up that way. I've got my baggy mail, and then I hear, hears his voice saying, Posty, Posty. And I turn around, and it's a wee woman. She said, can I see you for a minute? You got my... So I turned around... I went towards the woman. The woman was only about, about 10 yards away right. from me. As I walked about five or six yards towards her, a big wrench fell off the building site to where I was what? standing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it landed where I was standing. So, so she, she saved your life? Practically, aye. Did you ever get her name? I mean, I mean, she never had a set of wings. I mean, she wasn't like an angel, but to me, you know, it's what she done that day, which quite profound. That you is know? one. Aye, and you know, if it wasn't for me turning back, I probably well, wouldn't be telling the story right now. You know, so Jesus man, it was crazy. So that was one of the. Just thinking back to things like that. Uh, also. I don't know, it's like you get other people that watch out for you. Yeah. It's like there's I believe, you know, I do believe of like a kind of guardian angel yeah. kind of looking over us and I really, really do. And it's gonna sound really spooky because no. in my book it tells me like well, in my book I tell the story of when I was in Germany, I was in, in Berlin. 
and me and my cousin got talking to this guy and like, it was like a hot dog stand mm-hmm. and I thought he was German because he had like long king blonde hair and that. He's a bit like the guy in Die Hard who Bruce Willis killed. Uh, yippee ki The guy with the long hair. Aye, aye. Aye. Hands, hands. And I've seen like this guy walk about Edinburgh quite a bit. He's like a biker, but we seen him in Berlin, and he was like serving hot dogs. And I'm like, you know, but and I remember seeing him when I was a kid. And this Disney seem this guy seems like he hasn't aged, right? Since I was like, and he looked the same from when I was a kid to when I saw him in Germany. To I think it was maybe over over a year ago, I saw him walking down uh, Leaf Walk, and he just hasn't aged. This this is the same guy, and um, you know, you, you think to yourself, you quite think, you think. This is, you know, this is just mental. You know, it's like I'm thinking, I don't know if this guy's just, maybe if I'm near danger and this guy's just going to be there in case something happens or what, you know. It just makes you wonder, you know, it just makes you wonder. So this is one of the reasons why I've kind of added all this stuff to the book I'm writing, you know. The spiritual aspect, uh, I'm I'm so glad you brought it up, we had it, because obviously we didn't speak about this. Because I, I did say, look, just give me what you've got and, and tell, talk to me, tell me. But that's just, I'm excited about this. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's all going to be in the book. And uh, obviously, it's, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a church no. by any means. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not saying there's not no. a God. You know, I'm not an atheist. Man. But, you know, it's just my experience of things which I've experienced in life, you know, and... And then coming to appreciate life, you know, and I've been in dark places, yeah. as a lot of yeah. us have. A lot of a lot of us have been in dark, and you know, and you know, I'm at the age where I'm thinking, you know, oh, I mean, I, I don't take myself. I used to really, really take myself so seriously, but I'm no, like, no oh, point. No, no, no way. You know, and it's like you know, it's life's too short to worry about things. You know, and. You just want to do stuff. I'm wanting to, even in this particular climate, you just want to go and do, be creative. Aye. You know, do stuff. Because if you don't do anything, even just doing like uh, work and stuff, just now, like me and the warehouse cash and carry type thing, you know, just but that's you've got to. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Because obviously the, the current climate and all that, and the way the way things are, it's quite a lot of depression and. Again, I spoke a lot about uh, suicide and suicide prevention, and I think it's just a case of I've spoken to a lot of people, and I'm like, look, just stand up straight and do do we need to do? But you need to keep pushing forward. So, like you're saying, be creative. As yeah. it can be something simple. Yeah. I mean, just think of something. You know, all right, people. I mean, like to go out for walks, exercise. Fine. Yes, yeah, that's good. That helps. That's body, I... You know, but then. Um, I mean, it might get a wee bit boring, yep. you know, maybe try and do other things. Maybe even get a pad and a pencil and do some yeah. drawing or... Oh, or listen, listen to podcasts are probably as well. Podcasts are amazing. Uh, listen to podcasts. But it's like, like you say, if you, even just drawing, I mean, I was talking to some of the boys from Myanmar, Scotland, 
Uh, and they, one of them said, it was like, drawn in a, a colouring book for adults. And I thought to myself, surely, surely top people don't do that. But it's not, it's dead fair. I tried to be by it and I thought, you zone out. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just zone out into a new, a new realm, if you like. But it gets you thinking in a different way. Uh, so just stop, you can call them in, I call them in, but for an adult, it's, man, who cares? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's like, you know, it's, you've just got to. One of the worst things you can do, especially if you're feeling depressed, I mean, at this times, I mean, I. I get down when it's like a Sunday. See when it's a, a Sunday night right. or... I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the work, kind of work I'm doing just now, I mean, I'm working with a great bunch yeah. of guys. Honestly, lovely guy. You know, young, lovely, lovely guys. Great banter. Everyone that I'm working with are lovely people. You know, and it's great just to do your wee bit and help and stuff. And obviously... And so oh, I, of course. But, but, you know, it's... I've always had, even since school, I've always just, Sunday nights, known, it's like Monday syndrome. I hate my, I've always hated Mondays. You know, to, you know, you should take each day as, as yeah. it comes, but I've just always hated Mondays. But, you know, that's because your mind thinks too yeah. much about the Monday or the start of the week, you know. And what you shouldn't do is just think too much of stuff because your mind can I, eat you up. Can. At time, you know, even for instance, it can eat you up. You can maybe have met people for the first time. It could be like I could have met a big director and I'll speak to them and I'll maybe I've said something to them and, you know, and in your mind they're maybe thinking, all right, Ken would like to cast Bobby for this, that or the next. But then I might you, I might have spoke to them and maybe said something to them which I maybe thought, Ah, uh, you've made. Why did I tell him that? You get paranoid on it. Why did I? Aye. And then you're beating, and then you're beating yourself up Aye. a bit. You know, just the name overthink things. Just that's the worst thing you yeah. can do. Bobby, you know, you're not. You know, you are the person that you know. You've got to know your Aye. life, and you know, although you know, I know myself, I can be like Marmite. But if someone doesn't, if someone doesn't like you, then you've just got to get right. on with it and just. It's like you know. It's like my dating profile, Bobby. There's plenty more fish in the sea, and I'm still, I'm still <laughs> swimming. The thing is, it's so true. It's, you don't, you just don't care about what anybody thinks about you, man. You just do it, and it's like it's don't be nasty, don't be, and don't be disingenuous as well. I think it just be, mm. be genuinely uh, beautiful, and I, I tell people be genuinely beautiful, and people are shut up. Exactly. But trust me, it's like exactly. being gratitude and all that. Just exactly, and you know, you know, there's worse off people than, oh, than yourself. You know, big time. Worse off people than yourself. But uh, you know, you've just got to just whatever you're doing, especially in these times. You know, just take a yep. deep breath and just go and get yep. on with it. And you know, I know, I know that. A lot of people are struggling and I feel sorry for these people and, you know, but, you know, it's just all I can say is, and this is just as, you know, just from my point of view, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it, you know. That's it, Bobby. It's it's, it's a simple thing. Uh, People think, Mm -hmm. it's a cliche kind of thing. People say, if I can do it, you can do it. But it's not, it's about, it's it's all about for me. I mean, I, mate, I didn't 
I didn't stick in at school. I wasn't really good at school. I didn't bother my, my backside with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And it, life dictates. But what I wish... So I suppose mm-hmm. the, the question I've got to you is, obviously because for, for other young actors coming through in the game, right, what, what advice would you give an actor? Maybe, do you know what? Not even about actors, mate. What advice would you give somebody to say, like, I'm feeling really miserable at the moment. What would you say? What would you say to them? Just go. If you're talking to your best mate... Right. If I was talking to my best mate and what I would say to him is if you feel miserable and depressed, I'd say, look, just try and it's up to yourself, you know, to do something, to just... Worst thing you could do is sit about yep. in the house and overthink things. Yeah. Because if you do that, then you'll feel really down. Yep. Go for a walk. Uh, think things when you go for a walk, you know. Listen to music when you go for a yep. walk. Because if you listen to your music and... You know, just taking the air. I mean, you know, and just, uh, just click, Bobby. Be positive, Bobby. You've not done it right. And I, I spoke mm. to you about this before, right? I'm, I'm pointing to you, as if you know. But honestly, I mean, I've done this cold, the cold water therapy stuff, right? And it was like, mm-hmm. it was like amazing. And I, so I, I wouldn't say people jump into Loch Lomond like I done first time. I just done it. <laughs> but what I would say is, try the cold shiver. Even just, even I, just one minute. Yeah, cold chiller. It's like it's a shock to the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? You're absolutely you're absolutely bang on. I was gonna say jump into a cold swimming pool, but all the bloody pools are closed. What clothing? But uh, <laughs> or even like jump up. They've got the beach just down from my road, you know, Portobello uh, you know, a lot of people have been going into the water there, you know, down Portobello yeah. Beach. So you know, but as you say, cold water right. could help. It's it's the shower. Stuff, you know. I just it's Vimhoff. Vim I mean, people. If you know who Vimhoff mm-hmm. is, I mean, he's got he's got an app. But uh, when I was watching the Vimhoff stuff, I thought this guy's no for real. And then I started doing it. And then I done the the mm-hmm. thing thing with, with the boys at taking the plunge on Facebook. And I thought I'm going to go and meet these people. See what's all about. And I just walked into the water. And I'm like, hey, I think that <laughs> just walked into the water. And I done I done a on it before. And I'm like, right, I'm just in five minutes. Because it gets right up to there, the water was right up to there, and it's absolutely freezing. I'm like, right, I'm not doing right. How long are we doing, guys? I don't know anybody. And they're like, hey, And then this other guy's like, I'm doing 15 minutes, and I'm like, water's up to here, mate. And I'm like, but you've got, it's all about breathing techniques as well. You see, you see after that, Bobby? Well, honestly, it makes you a different person. It makes you a totally different person. Mm-hmm. But the science, is, the science is there, it's proved. Why does it? Do you know what I mean? But I... Cold showers, mm-hmm. I would say, is a difficult recommendation. Even have a cold shower, then go for a Aye. walk and uh, a big long walk, you know, and and then come back. And if you've got a balcony, you know, just do something like uh, go for a big long walk, come back, have a cup of coffee, sit in the balcony, and just uh, don't know, just take Aye. things in, just things, and just you know, just. Take it in. Yeah, and just or read a book Aye. or something, you know, or, or as, as I say, Stephen John. It's up to yourself. Right, Bobby, we'll, we'll get back. We'll go for just one more, one a couple of questions, right? Because it's all about. It's all about. Uh, I, first of all, I need, I, I need to thank you again, right? But uh, thanks for coming on. But look, what do you make of this thing that I'm trying to achieve? This green sunrise. What do you have? You got any hints or tips for me to make it a bit bigger? Not so much bigger, just to. More impactful for people. Well, I think you've done fine so far. You know, the thing is, I mean, and I've got friends who 
Who do podcasts. I mean, I could get in contact with them and they could... I mean, one of my... I've got a good friend of mine, Evelyn uh, Jameson, who who has her own podcast. You'll you'll catch it on Instagram, you'll catch it on uh, Facebook. It's called Totally Evelyn. Totally Evelyn? And, yeah, and she started off like you. You know, she started off like you, just doing like little Facebook lives and stuff. And then she ended up getting all the gear stick, ended up getting the camera and... Aye. Aye. Because obviously we talk about a lot, but it's being spiritual and stuff like that. I think it's just part of where I'm going. <laughs> so, yeah, the thing is, what I'm saying, well, you've really got to obviously think about what you're going to yeah. ask as well. But this will be an experience as well for you, you know. So, you know, it's tiny foot, footprints, it's tiny, you know, footsteps, and nice. just. You know, from later on, you know, but as I said, I mean, my friend Evelyn, she's a great person. You can ask for tips. Honestly, everyone's a gift. The way I see it, everyone's a gift. And tonight, you can go on this podcast, an absolute gift, man. It's like people don't realise it, though, but it is. uh, Just giving me a bit of yourself and what what you've done and a bit of advice is brilliant. That's what it's all about. I'm trying to flip how people are thinking with this negative stuff. And they can just realise they control everything, they decide everything. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mean, I mean, before this pandemic, I mean, you had, you know, I mean, you were getting a lot of people who were depressed yep. and, and so forth, you know, and obviously with it happening, you know, it's obviously affected a lot of people, you know, it's brought depression to like an unprecedented level, you could say, but, uh, you know, it's... So one of the main things is if you are depressed or if you ever, you know, if you're feeling really down and suffer from anxiety, mm-hmm. best thing is to talk to someone yeah. about it as well. I mean, I, you know, I talk to quite, you know, it's like I know who I could talk about family and stuff that I could talk to about it and they're very understanding. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking like of people who, how can I put it? You have people who maybe really do yeah. struggle with a depression and anxiety yeah. who can't do that, you know. You know, just I'm sure there'll be someone that can open up to them, you know, or, or you know, as I say, just, you know, just speak to someone, even call a, a Samaritans yeah. or something, you know, because these, these are people that will understand. Yeah. These are people that well, that's again, but I, I'm not qualified, uh, and that's what I see, and I always, I always post the Samaritans and all the other uh, helpline numbers are there. And all I say, well, I'm here to listen yeah. to you and give you my advice, but it's only my advice. I'm not qualified, but it's the people that I've, I'm talking to just now. I'm really suffering. I'm really struggling with... Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the thing is, Paul, I mean, everyone's different, yeah. you know. I mean, I could always... If someone came up to me and asked me, like, say, to ask them, well, ask me about depression and yeah. anxiety, I mean, the only thing I could give to them... It's just my outlook yeah. on life and, you know, what yeah. I think. But as I said, everyone's yeah. different, you know, everyone's different. 
their level of depression and the mental health. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone's different that way. So, you know, you can't say to someone, uh, Ken, stop being depressed. Just, That's one thing I don't ever do. I always go, right, well, what's, what's the subject? What's the, and not so much the subject, but everything is. It's just an item. And I thought, what's, what's happening? Can you tell me a bit about it? Mm-hmm. And if, they don't, if they're willing to open up about it, and then we can say, well, this is this is what I've done. And this is, this is what I would recommend. It's simple things like standing up straight and keeping your head above the is a simple thing. It's like, it's your whole world. Absolutely. I mean, it's obviously been around for so many years, mental health. You know, obviously, if you're feeling, like, just say in the 80s or the 70s, like, growing up and stuff, and if you had mental health issues, you'd maybe get, maybe, not saying your dad, or maybe an older guy saying, come on, hey, be a man, you know, and all that. That's the one thing, Bobby. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that, that I need to drive, that I'm trying to drive to people, that the fact there's no such thing as marrying up. Now, now not. It's a, it's a case of... And as I'm looking at that, and that's one thing that, that, that I've said, it's all about if you're telling your kids from an early age to man up, or, or like a boy to be a boy, and we're not talking about uh, transgenders or anything, or, or gender and stuff like that, but the whole point is it's all about... Mm-hmm. Talk to them like they should be spoken to, but don't give it that. But for example, if you tell a boy you man up, he then is a pressure from an early age to, to become something that mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be. And then later on in life, he's only going to be affected because, mm-hmm. and that's maybe when therapy, you know, that's going to be concerned, but aye. Yeah. And I think a lot of it goes down to as well, I mean, a lot of mental health. Is, it could be like a school issue, it could be like a bullying yeah. issue at school, it could be. Something as well. It could be like if you're a young lad who obviously likes playing football, that maybe has a dad who maybe want you to play for Celtic Rangers or Hibs or Hearts yeah. or something, and and then you you don't reach that level, and then yeah. in your mind you're thinking I've disappointed them, and yeah. your parents are disappointed yeah. in you, and it sticks in here, you know. So it's like a lot of things, you know. It is. I've spoken about it before, probably now you've, you've, you've commented on stuff that I've said. We get to an expectancy level. We think we need to get to that expectancy mm-hmm. level. And if we don't get to that point, mm-hmm. then it goes Pete Tom. Whereas, just a case, mm-hmm. like you've spoken is right? yeah. Just go before, man. Just let it go. And, and can I add Aye. something else? It's like, you know, when, obviously when I started off doing Mac yeah. and stuff, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, I remember, I mean, I love my mum and dad to bits. I absolutely love them. But then when I told them, I says, look, mum and dad, I'm going to be in a play or, I'm, you know, I'm going to be doing it. And they're like, that's good, son. Neighbor, that's that's good, you know. But, you know, just thinking, no, Ken, maybe thinking, nah, maybe I'm going through a wee phase or something or, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, as I said, I'll be honest in saying, I mean, my family have never taken a big interest in me if I was in a, a shoot. Like when I started off, like when I started off, because I, but I mean, 